I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com with another episode of the Steelers Burning Question. If you are watching live on YouTube, you might be wondering... What is Jeff doing on a Tuesday? He's typically on Wednesday. I'm aware that this is a little bit different. However, because of a previous engagement on Wednesday, I'm recording this live on YouTube. Tuesday, if you listen to it in an audio platform, it'll be regular day. You won't get to hear it until, let's hear Thursday, because tomorrow Lance's show runs. So with that said, it's the Steelers burning question. And let's say you just happen to stumble upon the show and you're not really sure what this is all about. This is where I am by myself for about 30, 35 minutes. I answer one question that I think of for the topic of the show. And then after that, I answer your questions. So if you're watching live on YouTube and you want to be a part of the live chat, you can make sure you're uh, actively involved because a lot of people typically get in on these podcasts. They love to talk about the Steelers. I love to talk about the Steelers. We all love to talk about the Steelers here, and that's why we're doing this show. So the Steelers burning question today, and there could be a lot of ways we could have gone, a lot of ways I could have gone. I could have gone with the, uh, obviously it could have gone with the mandatory mini camp route. There's a lot of news. There's a lot of information, little nuggets coming out after day one on Tuesday. Um, I could have gone with another route. There's a bunch of ways I was thinking. So what I decided to do is try to tie them all together. And I decided to go with a question of, will any Steelers rookie start in week one? Like I say every week, a lot of these questions, people think this is an easy answer. They think they know it right off the bat. It's not always easy as you think. So for me, the obvious debate in the main position and the main player to debate is their top draft pick. The guy that they traded 10 spots up for in the 2019 NFL draft, and they traded with the Denver Broncos to take inside linebacker from Michigan, Devin Bush. So that's obvious. Then when you think, okay, uh, he's the, the most likely, but I'm not so sure he's the only one that we should be considering as well. And they didn't have a second round pick, but their second pick in the third round, Deontay Johnson, he has been impressing people. And not just anyone, he's been impressing Ben Roethlisberger. And if you followed Ben Roethlisberger's career, not from a playing perspective, not from a statistical perspective, but from a how he talks about and how he handles young players perspective, he's not one to typically hand out and gush over rookies. We'll just put it that way. It's not doesn't mean that it's bad or indifferent. It just means that Ben does not typically fawn over young players. I guess in his way, he feels you have to earn that. 
but he was definitely gushing over Deontay Johnson recently today on Tuesday. He was quoted by saying that there's a couple times in drills where he was throwing bad passes intentionally. And the reason for that was he wanted to see how the rookie did. He said he threw some balls high on purpose, threw them behind him a little out in front and he caught everything. That's important to remember. And I, I what I want to do is in this question, there's a lot of different variables in this question. I want to take injury out. So obviously, let's say James Conner gets hurt. Then Benny Snell Jr.'s odds of starting would increase greatly. Let's say that Joe Hayden gets hurt or Steven Nelson gets hurt. That would increase Justin Lane's chances of starting significantly assuming that he's able to hold off some of the other cornerbacks on the roster currently. So I'm taking injury out of it because we could talk about this till we're blue in the face. If Mark Barron got hurt, if Vince Williams got hurt, uh, if James Washington, if Dante, we could talk about every single position that has a rookie behind it on the depth chart and say, if there's an injury in front of them, there's a chance that they would start. So I'm not talking about injuries. I just want to talk about who might possibly start. Who do I think? will actually start in week one when the Pittsburgh Steelers travel to Foxborough to play the New England Patriots on Sunday night football. Man, that's going to be a great game. <laughs> oh, man. I'm getting kind of jacked up for that already. I got to be honest. I, I think that um, I don't want to get on too much of a sidebar here, but I think that the Patriots are a team that's team to be had, so to speak. And I think that the Steelers are a team that can absolutely you know, go in there and do some damage. That's all I'm going to say. We'll talk about that at length, I'm sure, between now and then. But week one, I think that if I'm narrowing it down from the nine players that were drafted, and I'm not counting a start as like a, you know, I'm on the field for kickoff, that's a start. No, it's a defensive or offensive. You are the starter. So I'm not even going to say like if the Steelers went five wide in the first offensive set and Deontay Johnson was the fifth wide receiver and he only plays in five snaps, then no, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about he is the one of the main players on that in, in his particular position. Easy for me to say. So I think it comes down to two players, personally. Devin Bush, that's obvious. Number two, Deontay Johnson. So what are they going to do? How are they going to utilize these players? Let's talk about them each at a time and see if we can narrow, narrow our focus a little bit. Let's start with Johnson. Good route runner. Built very much like Antonio Brown. I am not saying he's the next Antonio Brown. I'm not saying he's as good as Antonio Brown. I'm just saying he is very much like Antonio Brown in the way that he is built. That he comes from the Mac that he wasn't highly uh, regarded, although a third-round pick, early third-round pick compared to a sixth-round pick are very, very different. Um, the way that he catches the football, a lot of similarities there. Now let's look at the depth in front of him. You have Juju Smith-Schuster clearly as the number one, and then you have this whole jumbled mess. Now let's let me first say that it's important to know that Deontay Johnson is not a strictly outside or strictly inside player. He can play both inside and outside, and he's been practicing both inside and outside throughout organized team activities or OTAs, as well as today in minicamp. So with that said, if he shows up and it plays extremely well, better than James Washington, equally as good as, D as Dante Moncrief, 
and outperforms guys like Ryan Switzer and Eli Rogers, which when you think about it, if he's primarily on the outside, he has a legitimate shot to make some moves, to make the Steelers' offensive personnel. We're talking about Randy Feetner. We're talking about Ben Roethlisberger, the people that are, you know, that are making the game plan every week. Uh, he's he very well could say, you know, hey, they he deserves a lot of playing time. Do I think that will happen? We'll see. Let's go to Devin Bush. Devin Bush essentially has one person that he's competing with, and that is Mark Barron. And there's some that would say that the one person he's competing with is him, is himself. Uh, in other words, they feel that he's going to start week one, and the only person that's going to get in his way is if he can't grasp the defense, if he doesn't lead properly, if he misses tackles, if he doesn't make um, the plays that he should be making at the NFL level. And so depending on which side of the fence you stand on, there's a very good chance that Devin Bush will start in week one. The last time the Steelers just penciled in a starter right off the bat was Ryan Shazier when he was drafted. They said he's a starter. And Ryan Shazier, if you remember, he struggled. He struggled in his rookie year. He was labeled as a potential bust. People were saying he should be playing safety because he's not big enough to play inside linebacker. He was injury prone. People said that he'll never be healthy enough to make a difference. All that athleticism means nothing when you're always on the sideline hurt. People forget that they said this, but they did. You could go all the way back to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com articles and you'll read about the the vitriol and the anger with Shazier and, and the draft pick. Everyone loves him now, and I'm not saying that they didn't love him before his injury in 2017, but sometimes we get into that present time uh, days, I guess we can call it, where we always sometimes forget about what happened in the past. For instance, another example of this type of thinking is with Bill Cowher. Everyone remembers Bill Cowher in 2005, winning one for the thumb, Super Bowl 40, so great, six seed, never been done before. We all know the story. But they don't they they forget about the fact that people were calling Bill Cowher one of the biggest choke artists of his time because he was, you know, he was a Marty Schottenheimer disciple. The same narrative was written for him. Yeah, he got to the Super Bowl in ninety five. He lost in the AFC championship in ninety four. Uh he didn't get back for a long time. They lost really bad games and big games, and they were bad games at home. And people wanted him fired. After 2003, when they went 6-10, and 10, if you remember that season, they wanted him fired. And so present, everyone thinks now in the present, they're like, oh, he's so beloved. We love Coach Cower, and we do love Coach Cower. But let's not also forget that there were some times that it was very rough. So with that being said, I think personally, out of the two players, you know, we, we talk about Ryan Shazier being penciled in as a starter in week one right off the bat. Devin Bush, I mean, to me, this is going to sound crazy because I'm normally not this way. To me, you have to start Devin Bush in week one. You have to. I know that they paid Mark Barron a lot of money, and I think Mark Barron's going to play a lot, a lot. But I think you have to start Devin Bush. You made an, you made an aggressive move in the draft, something that fans they were desperately wanting. Be aggressive. Go out there and get your guy. Be aggressive. That's what everyone said. I said it. Brian Davis said it. Dave Schofield said it. Lance Williams, he, he was kind of on board with it, but he he understood you the way. Still, you have to 
they they did what we wanted. And so when you go and you give up what you gave up, you move up to get this one player, and you you're saying that this guy is a player. He's a guy that can change our team immediately. Then it has to be immediate. That's my opinion. I don't think Deontay Johnson wins the battle right off the bat. I think that he will have a significant role on this offense. I think probably by midseason, you'll see him on the field a lot. But I think early on, and this is a trend that is even true with Juju Smith-Schuster, who had a tremendous rookie season, they don't play them a lot early. They want to get their feet wet. They want to let them experience what it's like and then slowly ease them into it. And so I think you'll see a lot of, well, you know you'll see a lot of Juju, but you'll see a lot of James Washington. You'll see a lot of Moncrief. You'll see Switzer and Rogers likely in the slot. And then little by little, you'll see Deontay Johnson sprinkled in more and more. More and more different packages are developed for him. So I think that he's going to play a lot. But I think Devin Bush, and it, I, I still don't think this was a slam dunk answer to my burning question. I think he's going to start week one, and I think he should start week one. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Is it going to be a tough test to go into Foxborough when the defending Super Bowl champions raise their banner and all the hoopla surrounding that on Sunday Night Football, Primetime, Al Michaels, Chris Collinsworth, the interviews with Michelle Tafoya, all this stuff going on. Will it be tough for a rookie to go against Tom Brady in week one? Yeah, absolutely. But then again, you know what? This is the biggest stage that there is in the National Football League. And you're playing arguably the greatest team in the last decade in the Patriots and the potentially the greatest quarterback of all time in Tom Brady. And so what better measuring stick than to go up against the best and see what you're made of? Will he have moments of mental lapses and issues where he's not maybe doing his job? Absolutely. Then again, he's not the only one that Tom Brady might look a little silly, but I think he'll be better off for in the long run. I think Devin Bush is the guy that will start in week one for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And if he doesn't, I don't think that it's a it's a slight at him. I don't think that says anything about his preparation, his intelligence, his athleticism, his ability to transition from college to the NFL. I just think it means that the Steelers are going to take the same approach that I mentioned with the wide receiver group, that they want to ease them into it, that they don't want to throw them in all at once. Maybe they saw something with Brian Shazier when they did that, that they don't want to repeat. They say, okay, Shazier was extremely athletic, extremely smart, a very, very good player. Maybe they look back on that and say, we handled that wrong. Maybe they think if we would have just let him ease into it and by week four in the the second quarter of the season, that's when he takes over. Maybe they look back and, and try to think if maybe that's how they handle it. But I think Devin Bush has to start in week one. So with that said, if you're live in the live chat on YouTube with us right now, I want to know what you think about this Steelers burning question. I want to know, do you think that 
Devin Bush will start in week one. Do you think that Deontay Johnson has his his shot to start in week one? Remember, we're not talking about injuries. So right now, go ahead and let us know in the live chat. Love to hear it. I'll also be willing to take your questions in regarding anything Steelers related. Now, if you want to use the Super Chat feature, and I say this all the time, it is not mandatory, but absolutely is an option for you. So, so far, Steelers fan 19 has given the show, because any amount of money that's donated goes directly to the show. Uh, he's donated $1.99 twice. And so we really appreciate I, I appreciate any amount of money. You gave me 50 cents. I'm like, yes, thank you very much. It means that you appreciate it, and we love doing it. And so all you have to do is, in the words says chat publicly, you can type in your question. On the right, there's a little dollar sign. You hit that, you can enter any amount of money. It highlights your question, and we will guarantee, we will be guaranteed to answer. I will answer that question no matter what. And it's a great way to have your question answered, period. So with that being said, let's get to some questions here or some comments as we get started. Uh, a lot of people are agreeing with me uh, that you don't move up 10 spots to draft a backup, even for the beginning. A lot of say Devin Bush will start week one. Bush will start week one. Uh, my buddy Lance, he's already thrown out cliches. It's week one, only one game at a time. Yeah, we know it. Uh, let's see here. Uh, you know, Greg says, not sure if any of the rooks will start day one, but we'll have some playing time. Uh, this would be a pretty good time to think about, okay, okay, who would play the most? Let's say no one starts. Let's say that Devin Bush doesn't start, Deontay Johnson doesn't start. Which player would see the field the most? Would it maybe even be someone we're not thinking about? Maybe it's Benny Snell Jr., who's out in there spelling James Conner if he has a good preseason and a good training camp. Maybe it's someone like... Um, Trying to think of another player that might shock everyone, and, and maybe it's Sutton Smith that is performing well, and he's playing multiple positions, so he's seeing the field more. Or maybe it's uh, the fact that they only have three tight ends and Mark Gentry sees the field. It could be any number of them. I'm still going to hang my hat on the two that I mentioned, and that is Deontay Johnson and Devin Bush. All right, so a uh, question here. Jeff, who would you rather have, Santonio Holmes or Antonio Brown? Okay, so we're getting away from the rookies. That's fine. It's tough. You're comparing two wide receivers that were both great in their own right. Antonio Brown had arguably the best five-year stretch in NFL history in terms of statistics, but Antonio Brown never won anything. And so then you flip the script and you have Santonio Holmes who played huge in big games, none bigger than Super Bowl forty-three in that last drive. And let's not forget the other electrifying plays that he made. I am not taking away from what Antonio Brown did. Antonio Brown for the Pittsburgh Steelers made plays that will forever live in the lore that is the black and gold, that is the Pittsburgh Steelers, Steeler Nation. You think about the helmet catch against the Ravens in uh, 2008 where he pinned it against his head. You think about the immaculate extension. You think about um, just how many times did he catch the ball on the sideline and everyone and their brother in the stadium thought, there's no way he got his feet in. And what happened? Tony Totap got it down. I think is, is the more, I hope other fans are with me on this, the, the more time that evaporates from this, 
you realize the greatness that was Antonio Brown with the Steelers. I I don't like the way he left as much as anyone else. But at the same time, I think about, you know, he was awesome. <laughs> he was really fun to watch for a long time. So, But uh, you know what? You got to win Super Bowls. I'll take Santonio Holmes right there. That's just me, though. Felicia, again, pitching in. We appreciate it. $10. She said she's uh, definitely Team Devin Bush. She said his birthday is July 18th and hers is July 19th. Can't wait till football season starts. You and me both. But I do think, for me, as someone that writes about the team every day, um, and I hope everyone out there is checking behind the steelcurtain.com for all your Pittsburgh Steelers needs and wants and eight articles a day. It's incredible. That's off season in season. We're talking 10 to 12 articles a day, if not more. Um, the summer months are really enjoyable for me. <laughs> I don't want to sound selfish. I'm just saying that for me, it's, it's a situation where I can kind of take a step back a little bit. I can, I don't have to be around my phone 24 seven. I get the content up there and it's just, I'm able to relax. Uh, so I do enjoy the summer months. Uh, I am a teacher by trade. So I have the summer months off. It is a great time of the year for me. It's my favorite time of the year. Uh, I don't rush into football season because I know that means I'm going back to work and all that stuff. So I am excited for football season. I don't want you to think that, but I do enjoy the summer months. So there you go. Um, Ali says, question, which week will Lance Williams break out the mask? You know, I haven't, we haven't talked about that. Lance said he was probably going to bring out the mask. He did it on games that they won last year. So if that's the case, week one, that's when he's breaking out the mask. I, hope he, I know he's listening. He said the mask was too hot, but he'll do it for super chat contributions. What a punk. My gosh. He's the one that started the mask, and now he's not doing the mask anymore. Typical. So I'm going to say about Lance Williams. That's typical. All right. So here we go. We have a couple other live chat questions. Um, wow. Ryan says he skips WWE SmackDown to watch the show. I appreciate that. I'm not sure if the, I, I don't watch wrestling anymore. I used to love it, but thanks. Uh, Felicia's just throwing money at Lance. I, I like that. That's good. <laughs> all right uh Steelers fan 19 says who would you rather have Tomlin or Cower oh my gosh um this is interesting because both have had a lot of success uh, both have been there with the team for a long stretch of period of time I can't get over the fact that Mike Tomlin and I don't want to hear the whole you won with, with Cowers players he's never had a losing season never I mean think about that as Steeler fans were spoiled, you talk to a Buffalo Bills fan and say, hey, what would you think if the, the last decade, you all never have a losing season? The worst that you do is 500. The worst. I think Buffalo Bills fans would say, where do I sign? Like Seriously, where do I sign? They show me the dotted line so that I can, I can sign it right now. Steeler fans, we look at it and say, that's ridiculous. Because it's all about championships. And I get that. The, the bar is set super high. But here's a guy that wins. Does he have his warts? Yes. But so did Bill Cower. I, I, like I told you, they called him the choke artist back in the late 90s, early 2000s. You think about like the 2001 AFC Championship loss to the Patriots when Cordell Stewart was a quarterback. You think about uh, the Denver Broncos, I believe it was 1998, 
when they lost to the Denver Broncos in the AFC Championship game. You think about in 2004, 15-1, they lose to the Patriots again. Uh, I could go on. He had his warts. We'll put it that way. I'm going to take Mike Tomlin. Until he has a losing season, I can't vote against him. Period. Cannot do it. People have their angst towards him. I understand it. A lot of it is so misguided. But nonetheless, I will take Mike Tomlin. So crazy Chris says, hey Jeff, just want to say thank you for keeping me busy in the offseason. Love the show. Watch it all the time. Much love from SoCal. Go Steelers. Hashtag Team Bush. Love that, Chris. Thank you very much for listening. I really, really appreciate that. Um, I did want to share something that I haven't shared with anyone other than Lance. I sent him a text today. Um, SB Nation Radio, SB Nation Podcast is is now this big umbrella. And we used to just be our own little platform individual. And then SB Nation said, we're starting our own podcast platform. and We're going to encapsulate everything. Major League Baseball, NFL, NHL, NBA, MMA, you name it. Anything major sports related. If you have a podcast, you're going to be grouped in. There's a lot of teams. For instance, every single NFL website, and there's 32 sites for all, one per team on the SB Nation network of, of websites. Every single team has their own podcasting platform. Some do one show a week. Some do more. We obviously do five a week. I'm proud to say that of all those shows right now, Behind the Steel Curtain Doc, Behind the Steel Curtain's podcast platform is seventh overall. So I want to thank you all for listening and sharing and clicking play and hopefully learning and enjoying this Steelers content, even when there's no football really to talk about. Seventh overall. We're only going up, baby. I'll tell you that right now. Lance and I were talking earlier. We we want number one. And a lot of that depends on the Steelers. A lot of that, if they, if they come out hot, they beat New England in week one, watch out, man. Watch out. That's when everyone's going to be excited. That's when everyone wants to talk about the team. And that's when we're, the, we're at our best, in my opinion. So absolutely, I, I just want to thank everybody for listening to all the shows. I mean, you listen to me on the Steelers burning question. You listen to the standard is the standard with Lance on Sundays. You listen to the Steelers hangover with Brian and Tony. Um, you listen to Lance's. Yeah, I said it, which will run on Wednesday morning. Check that out. Um, that's only on audio. And then obviously the Steelers preview with Brian and Dave on, on Thursday nights. I, we, we really just do this because we enjoy it and we we're glad that you all enjoy it. And so make sure you, uh, Make sure you obviously check that out and check out all those shows, not just mine. Everyone's. They're all great. So there you had um, Ron brings up a good going back to the Bill Cower debate. He said, Bill Cower had crap quarterbacks before Ben. And you're right. He did. But whose fault is that? I mean, whose fault is it that, you know, everyone wants to allow him for being aggressive and moving up and getting Troy Palomalu. It was a tremendous move. Generational talent. But at the same time, why wouldn't he go up and get a quarterback? Why wouldn't he be aggressive and realize, I have crap quarterbacks. I'm not going to rely on Tommy Maddox or uh, you know some of the other duds that he threw out there. Neil O'Donnell for all those years. Go get a quarterback. Period. It took him until 2004 and all the rumors, if they're true, is that he didn't even want Ben Roethlisberger. I think he wanted Phillip Rivers. And when Phillip Rivers went, he was ready to go another direction. In other words, he was ready to stick with Tommy Maddox. Think about that for a second. He was willing to stick with Tommy Maddox. Give me a break. I don't want to hear the franchise quarterback crap because if you're a head coach of the team, 
you can go and get the quarterback you feel is going to be that franchise quarterback. And he didn't until 2004 when Dan Rooney went in and said, we're taking this guy. We passed on Marino. We're not passing on him. We're taking him. Not sure if you knew that, but just seriously, check it out. Okay. Um, Let's see here. Trying to catch up here. Got a little off on a rant. I'm sorry. Steelers fan 19 again says, um, Jeff, I'm going to the first preseason game. Who do you think will start first a quarterback in the game? Because I'm hyped to see Rudolph and Bush and everyone. I think that for me, it's going to be Rudolph. I think they're going to give him the first look and then we'll see where they go from there. Greg says, how long will it take for the media to be talking positive about our Super Bowl chances? Uh, it's going to take a while. They're going to have to do something special, period. They're going to have to do something special. So um, they're going to maybe it's beating the Patriots in week one. Uh, if not, it's you know taking care of the Seahawks at home. It's going to the 49ers and beating them. Uh, they're just going to have to play good football, period. Until then, you're not going to hear anything good about them. It, you're going to hear people like Maurice Jones-Shrew say they're going to finish 7-9, which he did, which is laughable. Um, not saying it can't happen, but at the same time, that would be their first losing season since 2003. Uh, as long as Ben says stays healthy, I think that uh, I don't see that happening personally. So uh, let's see if we have any other questions here. Uh, double double H H double H, I guess. Says I'd be intrigued if they work in Mason Rudolph like the Saints did with Tyson Hill or the Ravens did with Lamar Jackson. If even for two or three plays in one game, the only thing about that that is is, is that all those other players, the, the Taysom Hill and Lamar Jackson when Flacco was there, is they were change of pace guys. Rudolph is not a change of pace guy. You would basically be saying Roethlisberger to Ben, Ben, we need you to sit down so we can let another quarterback that does the same thing as you go in and throw the ball two to three times. It's just not going to work. Joshua Dobbs would be a quarterback that you would do that with because he has the mobility to run the football. Um, so that's if you're looking in that dynamic, you're going. You're looking the wrong direction. You would want to look more towards Dobbs than uh, than Rudolph. Uh, Rod Young says, Jeff, who will have more yards? Dante Moncrief for James Washington. I will say Moncrief will. I think Moncrief is going to be on the field more. I think he's going to have more opportunities. Uh, Roethlisberger has already been very impressed with him in terms of his study habits, his knowledge of the offense, especially even no huddle. Not that James Washington is going to be bad, but you ask who I think is going to have more yards. I think it's going to be Moncrief. Um, hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Just wow, Steelers fan 19. Who do I think, if we make it to the Super Bowl, who do I think the Steelers would face? So NFC representatives, you know who I think it would be? I think it would be entertaining if it was a Super Bowl matchup between the Steelers and the Cowboys. Let's go back. Let's go back to Super Bowl 30. Let's go back to those 70 Super Bowls. Let's reignite the uh, rivalry. The NFL would love it. Oh, my gosh. They would love it. 
two of the biggest fan bases in the National Football League going head-to-head on the biggest stage of all sports in the North America. Boy, that would be tremendous. And I think they absolutely would spank the hell out of them. So there you have that too. <laughs> um, Ron says, who has more receiving yards, McDonald or Moncrief? I'm sticking with Moncrief. I think McDonald will have more touchdowns, but I'll take Moncrief in terms of yards, which was your question. Um, uh, another question, who would I compare Rudolph to? Someone said uh, that he says he reminds me of another Big Ben. I don't think... Um, I don't know. He, he doesn't have the mobility of Roethlisberger. Roethlisberger is still mobile. He's still able to elude tacklers. I don't see that with Rudolph. If I'm trying to think of a comparison of Mason Rudolph, that's... Hmm. I'm going to have to think about that. I really am, because I would want to make sure it's the right comparison. Um, it's just... For some reason, I keep on thinking, you know, like... Uh, I don't want to say Kirk Cousins. That's I don't like him. <laughs> uh, but he's a guy that can move and can run, but it's not his forte. So maybe Kirk Cousins, that type of quarterback. Uh, let me think about that. I'll think about that. Uh, let's see here. Um, someone says they'd like to play Philly uh, in all Pennsylvania Super Bowl. That would be interesting. So we'll see. Someone said the Packers. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how the NFC shakes out. Uh, let's see here. Okay, we have a couple more questions before we call it a show. Um, Felicia says, I like that the world looks at us, meaning the Steelers, as the underdogs, so we can come back and make them realize that we are the lead dog. You know, that's something that was asked to a lot of players today on the first day of mandatory minicamp. They were asked, what are your thoughts on potentially being the underdog you know, in the AFC North? Everyone is on the Cleveland Browns bandwagon. And Joe Hayden said they embrace being the underdogs. I love what Ben Roethlisberger said. He said, we're still the Pittsburgh Steelers, period. We're still the Steelers. We're going to go out there and compete in every game. We're going to be going for the Super Bowl every year. I love it. I love that confidence. We don't need to be a stinking underdog. But I will say this. A lot of this team... And the way that the people are talking about this team reminds me of the 2009 team that went to the Super Bowl. If you recall, and it's in 2009, they had the better defense, but it was all about the schedule. Everyone thought it was the hardest and the most difficult schedule in the NFL and how, I don't know, it's like a murderer's row of, of teams to play. And they went through that murderer's row and got to the Super Bowl and won it. I'm not saying the schedule is that difficult this year, although I think it is difficult. They have a lot of trips over the West Coast. Um, they definitely they open up with the Patriots. I mean, there are some tough games on the schedule. I think that no one is taking them serious. No one thinks they can do any damage. And so for once, maybe underdogs are not the... I don't think they're underdogs. I just don't think they're viewed as front runners. You look at the power rankings, they're not even in the top 10 right now. And if I'm Mike Tomlin, I'm playing this up to the umpteenth degree saying, holy cow, guys, no one believes in us. That's okay because we believe in us and we're going to go out there and we're going to shock the world. That's what I'd like to see and that's what I hope happens here in 2019. Okay, so let's uh, go one more question. Um, William says, how concerned should we be about the kicking game? Chris Boswell, oh, does he recover? This is a tough question. We should be very concerned about the kicking game. 
but I don't think you should be as concerned as maybe we were just a few months ago. When the Steelers announced they were bumping his signing bonus to the end of the preseason, that told me we're taking a real wait-and-see approach to this upcoming year. And I like that. I like that. Why do I like that? Because you're not giving him all that money up front. And if you gave him all that money up front, then you're looking at a situation where he could just you know, kick well in the preseason and well, maybe not kick well in the preseason, but you feel like you are obliged to keep him because of the money. Instead, now you're saying, look, you better perform in the preseason because if not, if Matthew Wright does, we'll keep him. We'll take the dead money hit. We'll keep Matthew Wright. We'll take the young kid from UCF. That's fine with us. And so I think that it's very, very, um, it's very sketchy, that kicking situation. Because although the interceptions were bad last year, the kicks were awful too. And they led to losses, in my opinion. Uh, and so I just think that absolutely it's going to be a very difficult situation. It's not going to be easy. Boswell's going to have to handle the pressure. I think he's up for it. Do I think he'll recover? I do. I actually think I, do. I actually think he will. I think he'll go back to his 2017 form, and the Wizard of Boz will return. At least I hope so. Fingers crossed. With that said, thank you all for listening. We appreciate it. I appreciate all the questions, all the comments in the live chat. I appreciate everyone that contributed. Uh, make sure you check out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com for all your Pittsburgh Steelers needs. Make sure you check out us on our YouTube at BTSE Steelers Radio, as well as on all our podcast platforms, anywhere where you download your podcast. And uh, subscribe. And as Lance always says, tune in, tell a friend, and subscribe. We'll see you next week for another episode of the Steelers Burning Question. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.